Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. I'd like to welcome you back to the Footballist Family Podcast. And I'm about to do something here that is out of character for me, and that is I'm going to congratulate the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore helped me this past Sunday win a game I shouldn't have won for my fantasy team. I had Justin Tucker starting as my kicker, and just so happened that everybody else seemed just to quit playing, just to stop playing. And if it wasn't for the fact that Justin Tucker kicked the fooey out of a ball, and that's the technical term, kicking a 66-yard field goal to win, I would have lost that game. Because you get points not only for the field goal, but you get the points for the distance of that field goal too. I believe it's over 50 yards, you get extra points. And I saw a blip come up on my phone saying that uh, NFL record was made. I'm like, well, I want to see that. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the, the play right now with three seconds left. Baltimore was down by one against Detroit at Detroit. And I'm telling you what, Detroit this year, you, if you're a fan of the Lions, you have had the worst luck. Just that's all there is to it. you got a good team. Justin Tucker comes up, walks up, Kicks the 66-yarder, which if it was 67, he wouldn't have made it. Had the right doink off the up, off the crossbar and went over to win the game. And it got me thinking, uh, you know, we, we don't always give kickers their due. You know, in, in reality, special teams is a third of the game. Uh, but we typically pay attention to people like a Devin Hester. You know, somebody who is amazing at returning field go- or extra point misses or field goal misses or kickoffs or punts, uh, Dante Hall, people like that, people that made um, a living doing that. Uh, we think about Steve Tasker, who, in my opinion, should be in the Hall of Fame, who did great as a special teams ace. But we don't always think about kickers. You know, if you didn't have a Ray guy, would the Raiders been what they were in the 70s and 80s? Uh, if you didn't have a Sebastian Janikowski, if you didn't have a Matt Prater, if you didn't have, uh, you know, Jason Needham, 
if you didn't have these people that are clutch, you know, right now, Brett Kern is the best punter in the, in the league, in my opinion. And, and I believe that's part of the reason why the Titans have had a solid four or five year run lately, because uh, they don't have to worry about a shank punt or a messed up punt. And if we can get the field goal unit down, we'll be all right. And, you, and, you know, when we look at and watch games in particular, when we watch games that come down to the wire and we get a kicker up, you know, field goal percentages are hard. I, I tried to kick. I tried to kick. And most of the mine are what we call worm burners. They go straight down and straight on the ground. They kind of bounce. Instead of going up, they go straight ahead and hit the ground. It takes a lot of nerve and a lot of guts and a lot of skill to go up there and try to kick a football through the uprights. And what's neat about this is that these guys do it consistently. It's harder. It's hard to kick, especially now. It's a lot harder to kick because they move the extra points back. But these guys do it consistently. So I started thinking after seeing this past week a 66 yard field goal made. What are some of the longest field goals made in history? Now, I want to tell you the, the longest field goal attempted in NFL history was a 66-yard, or excuse me, a 76-yarder by Sebastian Janikowski in 2008. Uh, the article that I'm reading right now from NBC Sports says that the Oakland Raiders head coach, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin opted to send out Sebastian Janikowski for a 74 yard kick at the end of the first half of a 2008 game against the San Diego Chargers. From his own 34-yard line, Sebastian booted a kick that went right of the goalpost and failed to reach the end zone. Well, I remember that kick. And obviously, Coach Kevin would not have done this if it was there were time left on the clock or if it was at the first end of the first quarter or the third quarter, he wouldn't have done this. And it probably showed how much he trusted Jamarcus Russell at the time to make the right play. He figured I'm going to give my kicker who Sebastian Jankowski is one of the greatest kickers ever. One of the best long distance kickers ever a chance to uh, hit this insane kick. But what's neat about yes or Sunday as well is that Matt Prater, and I just mentioned him a little bit ago, uh, lined up to kick a 68-yard field goal. A 68-yard field goal missed, landed in the arms of Jamal Agnew from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who ran back a 109-yard touchdown return at the end of the kick, at the end of the, the half. So if you're going to do something like this, make sure that your special teams uh, are up to the task. Remind them that they have to not only block for the kick, but they also have to block and tackle the return. 109 yards is insane. I remember Chris Davis doing that against the Tide uh, with the uh, Crimson or with the uh, Auburn Tigers doing that. It's insane to do that. That means you miss 11 tacklers over a span of 109 yards. That takes a lot of skill. But again, let's go back to the topic. What are some of the longest field goal attempts or field goals made in NFL history? Of course, you go with Justin Tucker. He kicked a 66-yarder. Matt Prater kicked a 64-yarder. And I remember watching this particular one. I said, there is no way. But if you kick for the Broncos, you have uh, a good chance of making long kicks like this. Jason Elam uh, realized that as well. 
And then you have five who kicked a 63-yarder. Now, last year, I had the chance to go on a podcast to talk about Tom Dempsey. He passed away in 2020. And I remember, um, I might have heard of him before, but when I went up to Canton, Ohio, I got a chance to see the shoe that Tom Dempsey wore during the game. And it looked like a box because he was, he was born with a misshapen foot and he was able to play football, did, did pretty well. But when he got up to kick against the lions, he was down in new Orleans, I believe at Tulane stadium, he went up and People were laughing at him and there's no way he's going to kick this field goal. When he laid hold of that football, it said it sounded like a shotgun blast. And that ball sailed over and he had the record for several, several years. Is eventually tied. Jason Elam, David Akers, Sebastian Janikowski, Brett Meyer, and uh, Graham Gano. And uh, as, as the sports center says, Graham Gano got it. These men, 63 yards, you have to think about what goes against many of these people. Now, if you're in uh, Mexico City, which is one of these happen, or in uh, Denver, you have thinner air. So the ball doesn't have to fight against that. And if you're inside of a dome, you don't have to fight against an outside force of the wind or the weather. But if you kick a 63-yarder in a typical American city, uh, that's not a mile high or on a dome outside. You're kicking against the force of nature. You're kicking against the ground. You're kicking against hands. You're kicking against yourself. And it's amazing to watch these guys line up because the further back you have, the more chance chances you'll get to miss because just a little bit off of a kick, the ball can sell right or left. And if you're further back, you have to line up your kick that it won't be as so high. If you're closer, you'll kick the ball pretty high. You need to kick the ball high to miss the blockers. But if you're further back, in order to make the kick further away, you have to kick it more of a line drive, which means that somebody's going to stick up their paw and knock it down more, more than likely. And especially when you're at the end of, of a quarter or a half and you're making a kick like this, uh, you have to work up against the nerves. Now, I'll tell you what, I can't stand and I'll be on the icing the kicker. Um, it doesn't always work. In fact, I think I watched something recently said it doesn't work most of the time. But on Madden, they have a they have a mode that's been there for a few years now called icing the kicker, which I will line up to kick. The computer calls timeout. When you line up to kick on Madden, you get an arrow that that will show you where you're kicking, and you can adjust the height, you can adjust the power. But when they ice the kicker, that goes away. And I don't know about this year's Madden, but for a couple of years, they would have, especially if it's near the end of a game that you're going to win the game, uh, your controller will vibrate, be like your heartbeat. I'm like, I'm bad enough as a kicker on Madden that I don't need this extra pressure. Just let me kick a field goal. Let me miss this field goal and get this game over with. Uh you know, I'm watching high schoolers and, and uh, my, my daughter uh, cheers for the middle school here in Waverly. And I'm watching them kick 
and I'm impressed with how far they can kick it. But I'll tell you what, get way off the subject, but on special teams, I watched a play last week where they went for two. The Waverly uh, Tigers went for two. The Wildcats, actually, they went for two. And basically, quarterback took the snap, flicked it to a guy who was standing over to the side. The guy turned around, ran backwards, and threw it over his shoulder. I thought, you are kidding me. Landed in a Waverly receiver's arm. Two-point conversion was good. I said, that mess, you (laughs) – almost made me sick looking at that, and that happened. I'm glad it happened, but, man, it just, like, really? You guys couldn't knock that down. Of course, that play will never work again because people would know what was coming. But how do you throw a ball over your shoulder into the arms of a receiver? How, how do you do that? Nine times out of ten, that doesn't happen, but it did that time. But you keep going, and you think Brett Meyer once again kicks uh, 62. In fact, he kicks two more 62-yarders. Uh, Matt Prater has a 62. Stephen Gutkowski has a 62. And Matt Bryant has a 62. So you're looking at some amazingly long field goals in the NFL NFL lore. And this is something that uh, I think the more you find kicks, the more uh, the, the better that kickers get, the better that they train, the better that they practice, the, the more nutrition, everything else that they get, you're going to probably find that there'll be more kicks that went along with this. They'll probably be a lot further. And not only would they be a lot further, uh, but you'll see a lot more uh, frequency of 60-yard kicks. When you find a kicker that you can trust and you find a kicker that you can uh, believe in and know that can kick this consistently, uh, you'll find coaches will give them more leeway to do stuff like this. I remember watching several times I go to Titans training camp and, and uh, the kicker and the punter and the special teams, they go off to the side. Most people want to watch the quarterback or, or the defense play, but I go over there and watch the special teams because there are not a lot of people there. Well, as I was watching them, uh, I was noticing that they were going back step by step, yard by yard, and trying their best to see how far they can kick it. Uh, these guys were not Sebastian Janikowski, but they were kicking 50, 55 yarders consistently. It takes a lot of nerve to do a kick like this, to, to try and not only attempt it, but to know that you're going to kick it. Automatic. Automatic. Now, uh, kickers are, are players too. They're people too. I give you credit, kickers. But I'll give you one more story and then I'll finish for the day. I appreciate y'all listening. Uh, a few years ago, a friend of mine and I were we were wanting to see if we can break at the time it was Jason Elam's record. We want to see if we can kick the 63 yarder. Of course, that was Tom Dempsey's record as well. And, and then Sebastian Yankowski. But you know what I'm saying? We're trying to see if we can kick further than 63 yards. So we created a guy that we called Kick Butt. And uh Kick Butt was a guy who was extremely Short and round around his hips and his thighs. Think about Earl Campbell, only shorter. Because we thought, well, that would help his kicking. It doesn't help his kicking. He just looked like a shorter Earl Campbell, really. We gave him top range. We gave him top accuracy. We gave him strength. We gave him all these things. Of course, he couldn't tackle. We made sure that 
we didn't make him a Superman. And we tried a 64 yarder and we tried a 64 yarder and we tried it and he could never do it. He could never do it. So we ended up putting somebody like Sebastian Janikowski up there. He could kick it all day long. We realized that, uh, you know, great kickers are not made by Madden players. They are trained and they try their best and they, they practice and practice and practice. And that's what happens. I give a lot of respect to Justin Tucker. Thank you for helping me win uh, my my uh, fantasy league game this week. Please don't do that against the Titans whenever you play them in the playoffs. Just just avoid kicking 66 yarders. It would make me very happy. I'll send you a thank you card. I appreciate that. I'll have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to Football's Family. Hey, are you ready for some football? Some fantasy football? How about some daily fantasy football? Silly questions, right? Of course you are. You're ready to talk some smack and win some cash every Sunday, and Thursday, and Monday, and whenever there's football games. The Sports History Network invites you to play your daily fantasy football this season at thrivefantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy offers hundreds of thousands, millions in cash every day on NBA, MLB, PGA, golf, cricket, esports, and of course, NFL football. And just to get the 2021 NFL season started right, Thrive Fantasy is holding its $100,000 guaranteed contest with a $20,000 first prize. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today to get a 100% match bonus on your first deposit for up to $100 in free daily fantasy football play. Visit sportshistorynetwork.com slash thrive, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, or enter promo code S-H-N when depositing at the cashier. Join Thrive Fantasy today, earn cash prizes, and support great shows like this at the Sports History Network. Now that's a win-win-win situation for you to kick off your own NFL season. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings you sports history to life anywhere. The Row One gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique Unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month 
for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.